gathered in this place to praise his name. So why don't you give God your best praise in this place? For God is truly worthy of our praise, and he's been good to each and every one of us. That he's blessed us once more, one more Sunday, where we get to gather to praise his name and to turn our attention to his holy word. And I invite your attention on this morning to the fifth chapter of Acts. The fifth chapter of Acts is where our message for the morning is coming from. Song man, you might want to turn me down a little bit. Fifth chapter of Acts, where our message for the morning is coming from, beginning at the 16th verse. Acts chapter 5, verse 16. For during our series, our preaching series, we've been going through the book of Acts. And we've been watching how the power of God and the Spirit of God moved upon the people of God. And as a result of that, impact, transformation took place in the hearts of many lives. And I pray that that same testimony that we see of the church, uh, we call it the first church, the beginning church in the book of Acts, is a testimony of we as the church today. I want, to hear, I want you to hear what was happening amongst the early church there captured in the 16th verse. It says, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. They brought them to the church, and they were healed. They brought them from all around Jerusalem to the place where God's people, the church, gathered. And the Bible declares, Cass, that all who were brought were healed. Uh, I love this description, and I pray this description over all of us, that as God uses us to go and bring others from towns and communities and areas in which we live and work in, that when they gather in this sacred space around the church, that all would be healed. Healed of brokenness, healed of hurt, healed of disease, healed of sinfulness, that everybody who gathers to be a part of the church that, that's why I love getting to church. That's why I love coming to worship, because I know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, meaning he sets the captives free. Dr. Parts, before I get too excited on that, I need to keep reading, because people were being healed at the church. But Isaiah, something else began to happen. Continue reading with me at verse 17. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, Anthony, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought out. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported. 
we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to be. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had come, when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you are, and you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. He's speaking about the blood of Jesus. Verse 29, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The believers in the face of opposition made this declaration, not just Peter, but all the apostles, all those who believed. And look at what they said. We must obey God rather than than men. If you believe that, would you say that with me? We must obey God rather than men. And if that's your personal testimony, just turn to somebody, even through your mask, and just tell them, we must rather than men. Those at home, you can say it as well. That needs to be our mantra. That needs to be our testimony, that in everything we do, Shannon, we must obey God. God is our authority. God is the supreme authority. God is our priority. God is God, and we follow God and no one else. I hope you get this, that when you gather here, you don't follow a preacher. You don't follow a pastor. No, you follow God. God, the church is the body of Christ. We are God's people, and as God's people, we are commanded, commissioned by God that we must obey him which we see from the church here in Acts is a bold obedience. And as the body of Christ, we ought to live our lives boldly obedient unto God. Things happen when we're obedient. When we're obedient to God, people are blessed. When we're obedient to God, uh, we, families are healed. When we are obedient to God, God uses us. I, I, was, I was so excited. Um, Shannon, can I tell them our experience? I'm looking for permission. There it is. I got it. Um, I'll, tell, I'll tell them our experience. I was so excited because Belen, um, just this past week, uh, I was invited to a special occasion. It was a special occasion where people gathered all around in celebration. You ought to want to gather there in celebration. There I was. I went to this, this special place. Um, it's named after some juice for some reason, Minute Maid. Uh, I, and, and I went to this, this special place, uh, my, and, and there I was, and I was watching um, these wonderful baseball um, experts go around the bases. I was there. I witnessed it. It was a, a special experience, Anthony, uh, uh, if you ever had the opportunity, because there I was. I was sitting amongst people, and, and I'm looking, and in the first inning, I was excited when I got there, but Alice, in the first inning, there was nothing for me to celebrate. <laughs> Second inning... Nothing for me to celebrate. By the third inning, you know, I, Susan, I saw somebody get on first, and I, I was getting a little excited, and I saw somebody get on second, but, but it wasn't, you know, too much to 
Can I, can I just tell it like I feel it? Uh-uh, too much to, to celebrate. Uh, about a sixth inning, Shannon, please invite me back. I'll just tell the truth. About a sixth inning, I was just like, man, I don't want no. I'm just here for this. Oh, but before the game was over, I saw some players rounding the bases. And they didn't just go to first base. They didn't just go to second base. I saw some Astros brothers uh, lining the bases. The bases were all loaded. Uh, and even though it was a walk, everybody came into home plate. When they got in the home plate, you could see us if you could see us. There I was. We were just celebrating and praising um, because of the accomplishment that was happening at home plate. Come here, saints of God. When we gather together uh, and we fellowship, yeah, that's like first base. We celebrate that, but that, that's pretty cool. That, that's really good. When we, when we gather and we meet, greet, and eat, because that's what we do. We're Baptists, you know, that, that's like second base. I mean, that, that, that's great. When we meet the needs um, of the believers, that, that, that's wonderful. That's what we're supposed to do as a family of God. But the needle moves. Home run happens when people give their lives to Jesus Christ, and that's what we celebrate. Because what matters most are the lives that come to Jesus Christ. And in order for lives to continue to come, it takes the church of Jesus Christ to communicate the love that is in Christ Jesus. And when we do that, we'll see people continually coming into worship. We'll see people continually giving their hearts to Christ. We'll see people with our similar testimony that outside of the world, they didn't know of hope. They didn't know of joy. They didn't know of peace. But when they came into Christ and they learned from Christ, they got to experience hope, experience joy, experience peace, and they get to celebrate just like we do in this place. But we must communicate it. And says of God, I have to tell you that when we communicate it with every opportunity God gives us, we must communicate it obediently, boldly, without hesitation. We need to tell people how good God has been. Just as we celebrate, even more so, Dr. Wileen, as we celebrate other things, we ought to celebrate that which matters most in our lives, that through Jesus Christ we've been saved, we've been redeemed, we've been accepted, we've been uplifted. We are a new creation. We are in Christ. We are the children of God. We are the people of God. We've been blessed by God. Uh, anybody up in here, that's just your testimony? Uh, we've been saved because of grace. That needs to be communicated. Ah, but I must tell you that every opportunity you have, God gives you to communicate that. Because there are people who need to hear that message. But I have to warn you, just as we see from the life of the believers, Shannon, with every opportunity also comes opposition. With every door, God opens for an opportunity for the gospel to go forth from you. There is an enemy, there's a devil, there's a Satan who will come to try and oppose you. And that's what we see here in the text. For God is using the church to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Spread the gospel that Jesus Christ, the God incarnate flesh, God in flesh came to earth, that Jesus Christ, he came, he ministered, he healed, but then he took the sins of all humanity in the love of God. He died on Calvary's cross. Through his love, we are redeemed by his blood. He, Jesus Christ, not only died, but he rose from the grave with all power and authority in his hand that when we come to him, give our lives to him, we can experience what Christ says is abundant life. You remember the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the gospel. That's the message that we live by. And as we live it 
and communicate it, there'll be those who won't want to hear it. Mm, come here, come here, come here. But just because people don't receive the message favorably doesn't mean you're not favored by God. Just because you endure or go through unfavorable circumstances does not mean you're not favored by God. I'm right there in the text. Because the church now is being openly persecuted, even prosecuted, because here they're doing a good deed. They're speaking about God. They're sharing it with all of the people right there in the temple of Jerusalem. They're in Solomon's porch. And if you see the construction of the temple at that time, it's out in the open. This is not private. This is, this is no, no walls around um, the temple or the sanctuary. No, they're out in the open where everybody who passed by can hear the message that they are proclaiming. They are not just Christians privately, but they are Christians publicly. They're not just declaring Christ in their own homes. They're declaring Christ outside the home. Everywhere they went, they were a witness of Jesus Christ. Right out there in the open. But in being obedient to Christ, they're met with opposition. You read it. Because the high priests uh, and the Sadducees were, were filled with jealousy, envy. And hear me very well that you could be doing the right thing and people still not like what you are doing. Come here, I'm just trying to help somebody. And just because they don't like it doesn't mean you're not doing the right thing. Because the truth is, sometimes we get that thing twisted. When pressure comes, we start to question whether or not we are truly aligning ourselves with the will of God. When the true testimony is, is when pressure comes, sometimes it attests to the fact that you are in line with the will of God. Because Satan doesn't want this message to go out. He doesn't want your joy to continue. He doesn't want other people to know of the love of God. But the church must stand in obedience to God that no matter what the world says, no matter what community says, no matter who try to resist us, we will stand on the truth because even when people don't believe it, the truth is still the truth, and that is Jesus saves. But you see it, right? They're arrested. They're put in prison. Hold on, Cass. They're put in prison. They're put in public prison. People in the church doing the will of God? Witnessing the promises of God are put in prison? Publicly shamed. It's public prison. Everybody now could see them. Uh, they're wrongfully accused. Their testimony, though, is not tainted just because someone tries to challenge them. Because even in prison... Hmm, they're dependent upon God. What I'm trying to help us understand is that the church, we must be witnesses for Christ in every circumstance. Every circumstance. When it's comfortable, we must be witnesses for Christ. When it's contentious, we must be witnesses for Christ. When it's hard, we must be witnesses for Christ. When people are accepting, we must be witnesses for Christ. When people reject us, we still must be witnesses for Christ. And you cannot be a witness for Christ unless your truth is backed by love. So they're witnesses for Christ in every situation. So they're, they're arrested. You heard me read it. They're arrested, they're thrown in prison. They're under lock and key. They're behind prison bars. Now they're restricted. They're convicted and they're restricted without a trial. And here they are, 
doing what God called them to do in the face of opposition. But keep looking at the text. Because I love the way the text, the writer does it. Luke does it. In verse 17, he says, but the high priest. But the high priest doesn't have the last word because right there in verse 19, it says, but during the night. But during the night, the angel of the Lord came while they were in prison. But during the night, the angel of the Lord came and responded to where they were. Come here, saints of God. Because they were, thrown, they were on a platform where they proclaimed Christ. And now they're in a, a, a cell, a, 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 a cave-like structure under the ground. And they, they're restricted from proclaiming Christ to the public. But God intervened. Come here. I'm just trying to help you understand something. That when you are striving to be obedient to God, God will show up. Not only will God show up, God will deliver. I love the text because it says it's at night. Am I flowing too fast? I'm not trying to flow that fast because metaphorically this gets me excited. Dr. Parks, this part right here gets me real excited because it shows me that, that from, from a typological perspective, they are in darkness. They're in a cave. They're restricted. They're behind closed locked gates. Guards are standing on the outside, but none of that stops Jesus from getting on the inside. They, they're in a dark place, Juan. They, they, they were just trying to do what God called them to do. And look at God. God at night, but when, in the midst of all the persecution they were facing, God stepped in their situation and he unlocked locked doors. I can hang here all day long, really, to help you understand and encourage you that it doesn't matter what gets you locked up, what gets you oppressed, we have a God who's able to liberate you from locked places. They're locked, but the angel of the Lord comes and he opens the door. You don't see this just yet here. He comes, opens the door. He moves them past the locked doors, moves them past the guards, and then he tells them something that all of us need to hear. He gives them a command that all of us need to realize. Verse 20, he tells them, now go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of life. Wait a minute. You just showed me that he rescued them, but he rescued them to go to the same place where they were persecuted. He rescued them to go to the same place and preach the same gospel that they were preaching that got them in trouble in the first place. I love this because when you realize the power of God, then it tells you that nothing can stop the power of God in your life. That even when people come against you, they can't stop you because of God who is in your life. Do you see it there? He tells them, I'm releasing you from captivity so you can go and continue to do what I commanded for you to do. Come here, saints of God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you might be like these apostles and you might find yourself in some dark and dingy places, but the Holy Spirit is able to release you. And I love it. When he releases you from there, you know then that there's nothing he can't release you from. So you start living in that freedom and living in that victory. Even though it seems like things are still against you, you still walk like you know who you are walking with, that God is for you and not against you. And I love the way he said it, that no one can be against you when God is for you. There they are. They're back in the same place doing the same thing God has called them to do. What am I telling you? I'm telling you as a saint of God, a witness of the Lord, go back to your family and keep telling them about the gospel. Go back to your co-workers and keep telling them about the gospel. Go back to your community and keep telling them about the gospel. Wait a minute. They don't want to hear that. Then that's wonderful. They don't want to hear it. That's their problem. But your job job is to keep telling them because obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. And you just do what God has called you to do and watch how God will work. I hope you hear me in this place. Don't stop because of opposition. Ah, just follow God and trust him with the outcome. 
Uh, what did he tell them? He, he tell them that there's, there's a message that needs to be told. There's a message that needs to be shared. And church family, we have the message that needs to get out. And, but we must do what the angel said. I love it. He, said, he, he says, go. In other words, he's telling them that they need to show up. That we as a church, we need to go and show up. Not just show up here on Sunday, which we welcome everyone to do, but we need to go where the church is not always welcomed and show up. And when we show up, we need to stand up. Stand up and do what God has called us to be, who God has called us to be, and we need to speak up. I hope you got that. We need to show up. Somebody say show up. Then we need to stand up. Somebody say stand up. We don't silence. We don't cower. No, we stand on the promises of Jesus Christ. We stand on the truth of the gospel. We stand on this fact. If God can save me, then there's nobody else. There's no one, no one he cannot save. If God can rescue me, there's no one he cannot rescue. If God can take me and use me in spite of me, then there's no one else he can do it for. And I'm not the only one in here with that testimony. Some of you, if you told the truth, you'd say right now, you don't know me, but if you knew me like I was before Christ, if God could do this for me, then there's no one that God can not reach. There's no place God cannot go. There's no house, no, no household God cannot save, but we have to be willing to show up, Amen. to stand up. And saints of God, we need to stop being quiet. We need to speak up. We talk about everything else that's good in society, but we should be talking more about God. Yes. For if he's able to rescue you, then he wants to use you to help someone else know that he's able to rescue them. Because let's be honest about it. Most of us came to Christ because someone else told us about Christ. Someone shared with us the message of life. And because they shared it with us, we were introduced to the love of Christ. Now we have the baton. We must share the message with others. Ah, Because when we do that, when we trust God, we experience uh, divine deliverance. But thirdly, I want you to see what happens here. So Peter does tell them, but Peter tells them, and he answers, we must obey God rather than men. But then when you continue on, the text in verse 33 says, when they heard this, the testimony of the apostles, they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee, and a council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, there was Thetis who rose up claiming to be somebody, and a number of his men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed them were dispersed and came to nothing. Gamaliel then continued to say, after him, Judas the Galilean rose up in his day and with a census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So, in this present case, Gamaliel says, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan that they are undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. I got to park here. I hope you see it in the context of text. That God used someone who was on the opposing side 
to speak up the people who were on God's side. Someone on the opposing side spoke up for the very people who were on God's side because God can use whomever God wants to use to get his point across that God will use the enemy. I love this. He'll use your enemy as your footstool, not for your glory, but for his glory. He uses a Pharisee who doesn't even believe in Jesus Christ to speak up for the people who are standing for Jesus Christ. That's how powerful our God is. That's why we don't have to fear when we have this testimony that must go out to the world to tell them that Jesus Christ saves. Oh, but finally in the text, we are encouraged to be witnesses in every situation and every circumstance. We should put our trust in God and we'll see his divine deliverance. But then as we close, look at verse 40. And when they, Sadducees and the council, had called in the apostles, look at verse 40. They beat them. They beat them? They beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they, the apostles, left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Uh, Maybe you missed it. They beat them, but they left rejoicing. They hurt them, but they left rejoicing. They left with pain, but they rejoiced. They left with scars, but they were able to rejoice. Uh, they, they, they left, and with every step, they're reminded that everything is not always comfortable, and sometimes things will be downright painful, but there was still a reason to rejoice. Uh, because we can rejoice when we know that we are obedient to God. I love the text because the text reminds us and it tells us the truth that sometimes we gather in this place and we're in pain. And sometimes we gather and we gather with our scars. And sometimes we gather and we come from some painful places. But there's still reason to rejoice. Why? Because we know that we have a God who's in it with us. That we have a God who told us that if they persecute me, they will persecute you. Why? How can I rejoice in the midst of everything that's going bad and everything that's going wrong and everybody's turning against me. How can I rejoice? Because I have a God who is for me. And I want you to know he is for you. You just got to come to him and you'll know him because he'll give you peace in the midst of the storm. Mm, He'll give you joy when joy doesn't make sense. he'll, He'll give you a reason to rejoice in him when you know him. That's really it, Sonia. When When you know him. That even through the storm, you could sing with praise. And while you're going through, you can have the assurance that he's using you. Because sometimes we go in those dark places, not because we want to, because God has assigned you to get there. And you don't see it all the time. We don't know how he's going to do it, but he is going to deliver you. And when he delivers you, he's going to show the world his glory through you. You just got to remember he's for you. If you can stand all over the building... Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, 
Of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.